Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 491 of the Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show, we'll be hearing from Dr. Midian Stoffard around a survey which centres on old people being respected by the younger people in our community, which was something of a surprise, mostly to the older people, not to the young ones who always knew it was well worth having a natter with them. We'll be hearing from Joe Wick's body coach as he talks a bit about gusto and how he makes sure the food that he's eating is really interesting as well as being good for you. We'll be having a bit of a natter with Daddy Thompson about some dreams. Music comes from Jesse Kinch, we'll have tracks from him, and we'll be finding out about the fire service ban for the West Midlands as well. That's all on the way, but first of all... With West Side Story at Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre from the 27th of November through to the 1st of December, West Bromwich Operatic Society are celebrating their 80th anniversary in style. To tell us more about the show and all the dancing that is involved, I have their choreographer Steve Elias. Hello, sir. Hello. So, uh, obviously, uh, a big year for West Brom and a big show with with so much movement in it. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Well, yes. West Side Story is one of the classics. It's known for its fantastic dance numbers. So it's a huge challenge. Absolutely. Now, I mean, you've noted uh, for doing work on things like BBC Two's Ad Dancing Town. And, you know, you've got celebrated careers of West End performance choreography yourself. So... With what you bring to this, it is promising to be an absolutely amazing production, isn't it? Well, yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, the whole company have fully committed to the challenge, which is West Side Story. You know, we're following in the footsteps of Jerome Robbins, a genius choreographer and director of musicals. But it's been a huge challenge and one that they've met. It's been a fantastic process. With the music as well, because there are so many well-known songs in this that are loved by so many people. The story of the Jets and the Sharks battling it out in New York City. It is something that people know and they've got high expectations of, and you're going to meet all of these, I feel. And more so. You know, there's a whole generation that have been brought up on West Side Story, but hopefully in this production we we bring a, a new modern flair encouraging and attracting a new audience to musical theatre. You know, we have these fantastic musical numbers called Dance at the Gym where, you know, we have a dance-off between uh, the Jets and the Sharks. We have um, fantastic kind of jazz ballet fights within the Rumble. And then we have those beautiful um, soaring melodies in um, Maria and Tonight and the Quintet. Uh, Yes, it's beautiful. So tell us a bit about this production itself as well, because it's billed as electrifying new production. So what what is it that's different to what people may have seen before? Well, in style, it's usually most people, more often than not, use the Jerome Robbins original choreography. Here, we've literally started from scratch. So I've come in with my background, which is contemporary jazz, and I've tried to give it more of a, I suppose modern contemporary feel to it so um it 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 uses well-established jazz dance but with more of a contemporary edge so i'm drawing on all different types of style to weave a new story hopefully to make 
it's modern and more accessible to a new audience. She's celebrating at the same time the 80th anniversary of West Bromwich Operatic Society, and and that is yeah, it's a big show to uh, to approach to mark such a, a great anniversary, and it, it's in the true spirit uh, that West Brom have had over the years, which has brought to them this point and meant they have kept going for so long. You know, I'm new to to working with the company West Bromwich, but I know of their history and their calibre and. They always put on great shows. I saw Priscilla Queen in the Desert, and I was blown away, A, by the performances and the production values. It was like watching a West End show. This West Side Story is in the same vein, you know, fantastic sets, brand new costumes, a real young and vibrant company who are dancing and singing up a storm. Well, it's going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, so looking forward to seeing it. The 27th of November through to the 1st of December, 01902 to get tickets or grandtheatre.co.uk. You can, of course, follow West Bromwich Operatic on all the social media as well so you can see some of the background in production. And it's about sharing that sort of thing as this builds. It's vitally important to, to these companies as well, isn't it? Oh, completely. You know, community theatre, amateur theatre, it's, I, I think, a lifeblood in many communities uh, and the West Midlands is renowned for its musical theatre within amateur companies so it's and West Bromwich I think is a leader of that. Well absolutely with, with all the people who have gone from the likes of West Brom onto great things uh, across the country to have someone like yourself who wants to work with these people who you know with your background it is just adding a, an extra shine to an already uh, amazing company as i say it is from the 27th of november through to the 1st of december once again grandtheatre.co.uk to get your tickets but for now steve Elias, thank you for joining us Thank you. In a moment of time, we'll be hearing from Jesse Kinch, but before we do, let's take a track from his latest album.
rising star. He's running the series in the US. To tell us more, he's on the line now. Hello. Hi, how you guys doing? Oh, good here. And uh, tell us a, a bit about you and this rising star status that you have over there in the US. I've always been uh, into music. Uh, I've, I've been playing guitar since I was six years old. And uh, I began singing when I was 11. And at that age, I was fronting my own band, guys who were twice my age. Uh, and considering I'm 11 years old, that's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I played a, a lot of clubs on Long Island in New York City throughout my teen years. And at age 20, I got the opportunity to be on this new television show uh, in America called Rising Star. Um, and Josh Groban was the host. Ludacris, Kesha, and Brad Paisley were judges. And I won the show outright every week. Uh, show was was aired for, for ten weeks. Um, I sang. I put a spell on you for my opening number, and uh, and I won the show every week singing classic rock songs. That's that's what I grew up on. I grew up on classic music, classic rock from the '60s that my parents got me into. Did songs like Whippin' Post, uh, Fortunate Son by Creedence, Love Rain on Me by The Who, mm-hmm. uh, Seven Nation Army. Um, it was a, a great experience being on that show. It only lasted one season. But it, it opened a lot of doors for me, and it got me uh, some mass exposure that I think uh, a lot of a lot of artists need and, and want. And I think having had you on the show and your success, they really couldn't go on. So that's probably the reason why Annie did the one season. But you're the ripe old age of 23 now, and uh, we're expecting great things, including your single in the early part of the new year with the cover of the Michael Jackson song, Billie Jean. But before then, you're coming all Lennon and Ono on us with uh, Happy Christmas, The War Is Over. Right. So cho- choosing two absolute classic songs to do, following on from the success you had on the TV series. And uh, I mean, what made you choose to do uh, the uh, the John Lennon and Yoko Ono classic Christmas song, uh, and then on to after that the the Billie Jean from Michael Jackson? So I mean, what what is it that caused you to select those two tracks to to release? Well, I, I've always loved Happy Christmas War Is Over. I think it's a, one of John Lennon's greatest masterpieces that he wrote as a solo artist. But the thing is, I actually have recorded that that version you hear, Happy Christmas War is Over, uh, back in 2013. Um, it was done in my basement on my home recorder, and I had it since then. And now being with a record company and having my first album being released, I told my record company that I wanted to release a Christmas song and I said, I had the perfect one. I recorded it a few years ago in my basement. Uh, and it was Happy Christmas War is Over. Um, and I brought it into the studio and enhanced it a little bit and gave it that studio quality. And we just uh, just released it uh, maybe in the, at the end of October, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but in general, I, I just think it's a, a gorgeous piece of music. And it's a true work of art. Now, uh, to Billy Jean... That, that that version was something I did on the semifinals of Rising Star, actually. That's how I, I first did it. Mm-hmm. And I first obviously fell in love with that song, seeing Michael Jackson do it, and was always amazed and, and intrigued by the way he performed the song. I didn't necessarily understand the meaning of the song because it was a fast, up-tempo, disco-y to kind of fit those times. But uh, you, you, you kind of always looked at Michael Jackson and... He said, "Wow, what an amazing dancer! What, what an amazing performance you were 
just enthralled by it. I heard a version years ago by an artist named Chris Cornell who fronted Soundgarden, um, and he, he just passed away uh, recently. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I heard his version; it was slowed down, and he, the tempo was completely different, and it was more folky and soft rock. And all of a sudden, you could hear the the lyrics and the meaning. So I, I kind of fell in love with this uh, slow rendition of of uh, that Chris Cornell did. And when I was in Rising Star, I really wanted to do that version. But I, I wanted to take Chris Cornell's version and, and, and make it my own, just, just as he took Michael Jackson's and made it his own. So I, I, I changed a few chords, uh, some melodies, some inflections in the words to really make it fit me. But in general, with the, with the version I'm doing, it really gives the listener a chance to experience the beauty and poetry of these lyrics. You've been writing your own music at quite a pace as well, haven't you? Yes, yes, absolutely. And and what can we look out for from you uh, when it comes to to that album? You're, you're getting a a great vast array of the way I write songs. You know, it, there's let me see on the album there's eight eight or nine originals and a few covers. Um, I, I for this album I chose some of my favorite songs that I have written since I was 15. Mm-hmm. I kind of look back uh, while I was recording my album or while I was getting ready to record the album. Um, and I look back at what I wrote from the time I was 15 till 22. Right? That was the time I recorded the album. And I just picked the songs that were my favorite and really uh, resonated with me the most that, that, that I've written. And I'm very proud of them in general. You're, you're getting upbeat songs that I've written like Preaching Like a Pope in Nighttime New York City and you're getting really intense ballads uh, mid- and mid-tempo songs like Massima the Elegant Beauty and How Do I Reach You the Last Veil um, so it, it's just uh, it shows uh, uh, diversity uh, in terms of the way I sing the, you know how I can sing soft songs and, and also do what people love the most which is when I'm full throttle and full force singing at level 10. So <laughs> I think uh, my fan base is happy and I'm, and I'm just dying to get it out to more people in the world. We're looking forward to hearing more of that as the sound grows and uh, gets uh, you know, known by more and more people out there. We're going to take a, a listen to your Billie Jean cover in a moment or two's time. But uh, before we do, obviously with what is about 14 years experience in the industry at the age of 23, you're already doing great things. Give us all the details of where people can find you on the socials and get the music. Right. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Facebook is uh, facebook.com slash Jesse Kinch Rocks. Instagram is uh, Jesse Kinch Music. Uh, Twitter is just plain Jesse Kinch. So you can find me on there. You can look for updates. Uh, when, when I'm doing more shows, touring, when there's another album, things like that. Thank you for joining us, and we very much look forward to hearing more of your work for now. Jesse, thanks again. Yes, thank you for having me. She was more like a beauty queen from a movie scene. I said, oh my, what do you mean? I am the one who dares on the floor in the round. Said her name was Penny Jean, she caused a scene 
living Brits risk healthy eating aspirations because the majority of Brits believe healthy eating is just having your five a day and cooking from scratch with fresh ingredients. To tell us more about how we should be living our lives, I'm joined now by nutritionist Charlotte Sterling-Reed and the body coach, cookbook author Joe Wicks. Hello to you both. Hello there. So uh, what should we be doing to make sure we are getting the best out of our diets? So basically this recipe uh, box Gusto company has launched this healthy eating index where they've asked 5,000 people in the UK what they think is healthy and also the barriers involved and quite kind of surprising some of the stats but 85% of Brits believe they could be eating more healthy yet up to the you know one in five are eating a microwave already meal four to five times a week so we have to try and interject and get some inspiration and get people back in the kitchen cooking healthy food. Yeah because cooking from scratch doesn't need to be difficult does it because with a bit of help you can get all the ingredients you need in the right place and make an amazing meal. 
Yeah, and I think the research showed that people felt that they lacked um, ideas and they also lacked confidence in the kitchen. And actually, recipe boxes like this are actually fantastic for helping to take people through step by step and how to make the meals, give them a little bit of confidence, give them new flavours and foods that they've not worked with. So, And that's really what it's all about. It's about getting people back in the kitchen involved, enjoying food and you know, testing out new ingredients. And when it comes to the sort of thing you find in cookbooks and because these boxes, yeah, it, it is sometimes thinking, well, what, what do I need to do? And with, with a step-by-step guide, it can make a massive difference, can't it? That's definitely. It kind of, it's just, it's taking your mind off it. It's making you just realise that you can try new things. You haven't got to like sit there stressing out about what to cook. It comes with the recipes, all the ingredients are right there. And it just gets you more experimental, I think. And once you start trying new things, you get a lot more confident and then you start to really love the process of cooking and you can get your kids involved and, you know, you don't have to rely on ready meals and takeaways all the time. It's not the way to live, really. Some of these meals are 10-minute meals, you know, and I think that's really important as well. If you haven't got a lot of time, you, people think, oh, well, I can't cook from scratch because I don't have time. And actually, some of these are 10 minutes to, from kind of beginning to finish and that's exactly what a lot of people need. And we're also worried about the guidelines that we have in the UK about what we should and shouldn't eat and what should be in our food with 41% failing to identify 6 grams of salt as the correct amount from the RDA. So it, it's knowing what you should be eating and that's obviously difficult to track in ready meals very often too. So if you're cooking from scratch uh, you know, with the help of one of these boxes then you know exactly what it is that you're going to have going into your mouth. Yeah, and I think that's great. You know, a lot, a lot of the time people aren't aware of exactly what they're eating, but when you are cooking from scratch and you're making meals at home, you know what's in the food, you can see it. And I think it's really great for kids as well to be a lot more aware of what ingredients are being used in the foods that they're cooking. So I'd encourage people to get cooking with their kids as much as possible from a really young age, you know, bring them to the table, get them involved in chopping and dicing and stirring, um, because actually all of that is creating a healthy relationship with food too. And things like herbs and spices can be used to replace salt in food as well, can't they? Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, we all know a bit of salt and pepper makes a meal taste great, but there's also lovely, you know, fresh coriander and basil and even dried spices make things taste great. So you haven't got to rely on salt the whole time. And I just believe in, you know, experimenting, trying new things, building up a vocabulary of like flavours and different types of ingredients, because one thing you don't want to do is repeat the same meal over and over again. It becomes very boring and you need to, it's important that your body gets a variety of nutrients from different foods. So yeah, you know, experiment and this is a great solution. You get 30 recipes a week, you choose what you like, you give it a go and then, you know, on to the next week. It's, it's brilliant. It's a really great way of doing things. And, and Joe, we can expect you to be doing this at home, can't we, to keep yourself in good shape? Yeah, I get three recipes a week I get delivered. So I'm either doing recipes on Lean 15 or Instagram and then on the days I want to have a day off, I say, right, come on in, it's gusto time and I um, bust out the box and start cooking. Well, it sounds like an absolutely fantastic way of doing it. Lots of great ideas. And the, the important bit is it is something different to eat. And when it comes to you know, this in the family home, the parents, as you say, can have fun with it and make sure that everybody's getting a nutritionally balanced meal. Yeah, and I think that's a really good thing about Goose is they do cater for everyone. So they've got their 10-minute meals, they've got family boxes, they've got uh, vegetarian options, gluten-free options. So there is something for everyone, and it is about bringing the family around the table, getting everybody eating together, um, loads of variety, loads of foods that maybe you wouldn't include if you weren't using a, a recipe box. So recipe boxes like Goose are fantastic for that. And it can be cost-effective too, can't it? Because prices start from about £2.98 a meal. Yes, absolutely, which actually is really good. And, and, you know, for the convenience, for the ideas that you get from using it and, again, reducing food waste as well that, that Joe said earlier, I think it's really, really key that we're supporting that and allowing families to do that. Absolutely. Well, where can people find out more about this and a, yeah, a sample recipe or two too? 
So they can find out more at gusto.co.uk and it's spelled G-O-U-S-T-O and it's, um, I'm loving it and everyone I've got on it so far is really getting the same response. So uh, yeah, check it out, it's wonderful. Charlotte Sterling Reed, nutritionist, and Joe Wicks, the author of course, and yeah, Body Code. I, I'm just envious of you to be fair, That's what, that, that is the reaction I have whenever I see one of your cookbooks on the shelf. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you so much. Thanks.
for the West Midlands Fire Service will be performing on the 8th of December in our city. To find out more, I'm joined now by Matthew Abbott. Hello, sir. Hiya. So, uh, obviously, uh, making fantastic music and uh, in this case, bringing something a little bit festive to Wolverhampton. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's always nice playing um, some of the local venues and we played at St John's in the Square uh, in Wolverhampton before and it's always lovely and this time we're doing a slightly earlier concert we're doing an afternoon one um, to try and get um, kind of uh, more family audiences and stuff so we're starting at 4 um, and it'll finish around kind of 6.30 um, and we're playing with the uh, Wolfrunner Wolf sorry, Ladies Choir right. um, as well so we'll be doing a joint performance with them uh, which is great and it's just a really nice mix of, of festive music and it's a really good way of getting into the spirit. So if you're thinking of doing your Christmas shopping on a Saturday afternoon, take a little bit of a break afterwards, sit down, have a little bit of listening, enjoy yourself uh, at St John's. But give us a bit of the history on the band itself. Yeah, OK. Well, with the band of the West Midlands Fire Service, um, so t- traditionally we rehearse at the uh, fire safety headquarters in Birmingham. We used to be kind of uh, more affiliated with uh, the, the fire service, but now we've kind of opened up a bit. So we're an 18s over band. Um, and we're always looking for new members uh, and, and we're a marching band as well so we go around uh, and we do lots of gigs we do marching gigs we do sit down concerts um, playing a range of music from marching music to um, kind of film music and symphonic music as well uh, and then we do um, the marches as well so we're actually up and going to uh, Belgium this weekend to march in the parade for the centenary um, in Ypres and um, so we do things uh, like that but we're always looking for new members if people want to kind of uh, drop us a line uh, about getting into rehearsals because I know I really wanted to get back into it and I really struggled um, for a while to find a band um, so if you go to our website bwmfs.org all of our contact details are on there So what um, is your instrument? Uh, I, I play the flute and I'll be doing the piccolo this weekend in Eve. How many are, do you number at the moment? 50, 60 in the band at the minute but not everybody signs up for every gig it depends on availability and things mm. like that so it's nice to have a, a, a mix uh, and we especially need a um, core of drums, percussion and brass. But anybody that wants to come along um, is more than welcome. And, it, and it's a great laugh as well. So there is that um, flexibility so there. And, you know, you can commit the amount of time you can commit, be part of the organisation and go off and perform all over the place. And then this does give a lot of opportunities. And uh, with the, this type of music, it really puts to good use the instruments that are taught in schools and gives you the, uh, a chance to, to shine and, and really enjoy what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. And I think playing for an audience as well. Yeah, Once you kind of leave education and you stop having those music lessons, I I, I mean, I, I did music at university and then after that, I kind of really struggled to find a band to join. So I was really glad to stumble across this one. Um, and they had an open rehearsal. So I just went along one evening and just gave it a go. And it was really good fun. Um, and everybody's nice and everybody gets it. And it improves your playing. No, and it's, it's been really good because I was quite nervous to start with, not knowing if I'd cope and stuff but you know, they've got people of every level in the band and everybody's really nice and yeah you, you really come on and as well as the festive tunes that you'll be able to hear in Wolverhampton on the 8th of December uh, what other sort of music do you perform is it again uh, quite a wide cross section of musical types yeah definitely well there's the marches which we do quite a lot of um, especially for parades and things like that and we'll be doing a load of military marches this weekend the last concert we did was Out of This World, we called it, and that was lots of kind of sci-fi and fantasy and magic theme music, so things like uh, Star Trek and Star Wars. Uh, and then we do more symphonic music and music from musicals, so there's a really wide range of stuff that we do.
And a lot of uh, bits of music we hear, particularly in films, are, are orchestra-driven, and the the sort of music the band play will suit that really, really well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, the, we're a symphonic band, a wind band and a brass band, so there's no um, strings. But even so, the arrangements that we've played are, are sounded really, really good, and some are really. We did a version of um, the theme from How to Train Your Dragon uh, in that last concert, and. It just sounds so good when everything comes in together. It was really satisfying to do. And I think that's entirely fitting for a, a fire service band as well to be looking at the dragon element too. So uh, Yeah, definitely. That, that works, I'm convinced. So uh, it, for the event in Wolverhampton on the 8th of December, is it uh, a ticketed or is it just a case of coming along to the square? It is a ticketed event and tickets are priced at uh, £10 for adults, but then children um, accompanied with adults uh, under 16 and under um, go free. Um and those can be got at uh, ticketsource.co.uk forward slash BWMFS. Um, there's a phone number 07591 or tickets at bwmfs.org. Um, and it's worth booking in advance for a, a Christmas concert because they do tend to um, sell out pretty fast just because people like doing that kind of thing to get into the spirit. And it really is a good way of, of getting into the season. It sounds like it's going to be very suitably festive. Full details on all of this and other forthcoming gigs at bwmfs.org. That's bwmfs.org. And you can maybe find out about getting involved too. For now, Matt, thank you for joining us. No, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.
not having to worry about money and spending more time with the family are two of Britain's top dreams. Only 1% though want to be famous. Somebody is famous, mostly because the amount of work that he put in as an Olympic gold medalist. We've got former British decathlete Daley Thompson, CBE. Hello, sir. Jason, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. I trust we find you well. Yeah, do you know what? It's It's been a really good day. I've uh, taken kids to school and uh, gotten on with work and stuff. So yeah, no, it's been a, a really nice day. Now you should have, must have been able to fulfil some of your dreams, particularly winning gold twice as an Olympic uh, medalist and athlete. So yeah, it's, it is tricky though for lots of people who want to chase their dreams and go for something big. No, listen, absolutely. I mean, this, this research was commissioned by Bridgestone for the Olympic Partnership campaign and uh, it has been really surprising because I'd always thought that uh, in terms of dreams and ambition, people would want to go into space. They want to, you know, be a famous singer or they might want to do anything, you know, any anything like that, climb Everest or, or whatever. But no, it seems that uh, people these days don't want to have to worry about money and finances and they want to spend more time with the family. What what would yours be? Uh, I don't know. I think obviously the lottery win would be up there. Uh, <laughs> but um, it, it is about having that quality time with those you love. And, you know, with a quarter of people saying a lack of time is the biggest obstacle to achieving their yeah. dreams, 23% yeah. saying it's low confidence. There's various things in there which we know are eating away at people. And it, it'd be great if more people could... could be happy in everything that they have and through you know, realising these dreams it, it must be amazing for those who achieve it. Yeah listen, every, everybody no matter what they want to do, if, it, if it's worthwhile they're, they're going to face problems and obstacles because that's, that's just the nature of life. I mean life gets in the way of, of nearly all the good stuff <laughs> but I think that uh, part of the problem is is that you know people just, you're right, don't, don't have the time and you know they have to work too much because they've got to put a roof over their heads and everything but they, but I think in, in terms of them becoming more settled, more happy with, with life, they, they need to have their own, their own time in which they, you know, they, they do things for themselves. Well, 44% say they do find support from their loved ones. So that, that's good because obviously they're all helping to build the dream together. And it's Absolutely. finding their inner strength as well that's quite important. 33% saying that it's the, that's what they, they, they need to do when those ambitions are challenged. Have you got any ambitions left? Because I mean, you, you've been a pretty successful man in virtually every area of your life, I think. Jason, if, if truth be told, one of, the, one of the few things that I would like to do, I would like to get a seat in a rocket, mm. go up into space and look back on the Earth. And put everything into perspective. Absolutely. There you go. Just see that nice blue sphere where we all live so happily. After me, I think I would love to enjoy space travel as well. So that, uh, I think, is up there. If, if we can get us a ticket on, on the same uh, rocket. So if I win enough on the lottery, I'll invite you along on, the, on, the, on a yeah, passenger flight. OK. It sounds like you might want to double it this week then because, you know, you're going to have to spend a bit. Yeah, but I think that... You know, I think part of the part of the problem is is that uh, a lot lot of young people these days they don't seem to have the the perseverance and the and the fortitude to uh, to get up when when they get the odd knockback. So, so I think that that's one of the things we we've, we've got to improve. And certainly, I mean, the, the Bridgestone's Olympic Mar Partnership campaign. There's no way you get to be a gold medal Olympic athlete without putting that effort in, is there? No, absolutely. If, it, if it's worthwhile, it's it's gonna it's gonna cost in in, in blood, sweat, and tears. I think that also what it, what you've got to do is you've got to have the the right mindset and a and a positive attitude. I think the thing with with Bridgestone is what they're trying to do is is inspire people. And uh, next year, where 
going to have a, a number of uh, competitions and, and things for people to do so that they can come and work out with Olympic athletes or we're going to go on some long walks and that kind of stuff. If, if people want to search the, the web for Bridgestone no matter what or follow us or follow them on, on Facebook, hopefully we can encourage as many people as possible to come and try the challenges and, and see if you know, they can feel great about it. Well, through the work of Bridgestone, the Olympic Partnership campaign, Chase Your Dream, and all that you've talked about there with these great events taking place over the next 12 months. Fingers crossed we can see a lot of people finding fulfilment in everything they do and giving them a purpose for all the work they're doing towards everything in their life and hopefully spending a bit more time with the family to boot as well. Sounds good to me. Daley Thompson, CBE, thank you for joining us. Jason, thanks very much, mate. Have a great day. Time to take more now from Jesse Kinch, as the band of the West Midlands Fire Service have put us in a festive mood already. I think we ought to have a listen to his Christmas song. This is his cover of John Lennon and Yoko Ono's Merry Christmas War is Over. So this is Christmas What have you done Another year over A new one just begun
The younger generations are looking up to and respecting the over 65s. To tell us more, I've got Dr. TV presenter and health and wellbeing advice to Stanner, Dr. Miriam Stoppard. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. It's very nice to be here. Well, good to talk to you too. And tell us a bit about this survey because it's sometimes these days we anticipate kids not actually being that respectful at all. Well, this survey that um, Stanner Stelitz did is actually showing exactly the opposite. Um, they, they, they are destroying the stereotypes that have been applied to um, the older generation, like oldies and wrinklies and silver surfers, because our survey showed that um, they consider older people to be wise and interesting and experienced and inspiring. I mean, so inspiring that they say that they're more inspired by their grandparents than by celebrities. They also find them knowledgeable and they really want to communicate with them and get to know them better and seek them out. Now, I hope this will go quite a long way to destroying those stereotypes um, of older people because uh, on the other side, the older people who were interviewed... um, believe, they seem to believe those stereotypes more than the younger generation. They think of themselves as being uninteresting and that uh, younger people won't want to talk to them. Um, So uh, I think the older generation sell themselves short. Um, You know, people in in general um, think that they, they are interesting, they are useful, they are good to know and um, would like to um, chat to them more than they ever think. So I think this is very reassuring news for the older generation. And it's probably uh, because many of the older generation are mostly interacting with other members of the older generation. And when you probably are around the same age, you know a lot of the same things, so maybe haven't got something to say. But for the youngsters, an older person's basically like Wikipedia with a voice box. Yes, hi, that's a very good description. Um, I think that, you know, this this older generation that we have at the moment was kind of in middle age when all these um, derogatory um, words were used to describe um, uh, um, the older generation. And so they've stuck. And I think we need to unstick them because the survey showed that young people want to listen to the experiences of the older generation because they're interesting they can learn from them um they you know they show life in a in a by a different light um and that they value the experience um of the older generation so i think it's the older generation who has as much work to do or even more work to do than the younger generation by um being open to overtures from younger people by, you know, welcoming, welcoming um, interest from people in the younger age group. And it's then finding a, a place where this can happen, whether it be online or whether in person, to uh, allow people to actually interact and communicate in that way. And it, with uh, older people probably being less less keen on bringing some younger people into their home if they don't know them. It may be through various other community hubs that uh, could be a great way of doing this. You're absolutely right. Yes, any kind of um, community centre where the age groups can mix 
um, would be great. But, you know, um, uh, I think there are two main places where we could help this. One is in the workplace, where employers really value um, the over 65 age group because of their experience. And, and because of the uh, different points of view that they bring into the workplace and because of their, in, of their um, tolerance. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the other place is the family. I mean, it, the family is probably the, the main place where we rely on the older age group a lot. Um, grandparents supply four billion pounds worth of childcare to the younger <laughs> generation. And without that, the younger generation really couldn't get by if they've got a family. Um, so, uh, you know, that helps them get a foot on the property ladder. It helps them in everyday life, getting their chil- children to and from school. So I think the family can do a lot to welcome in and to make um, the older generation feel included and useful and realize that... Um, Age is no reason to um, to sideline older people. It's it, it, it's really a reason to welcome them because they are still um, useful and interesting people who contribute to the joy of nations. So we should be interacting with them um, within the family as much as we can. And as it's Christmas time, you know, we we should make really positive efforts to include the older generation in our festivities absolutely everyone getting together having a good time of family discussion it would be there for chat and 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 let things like the telly and and the drinking sit in the background but actually have a conversation and learn a little bit and then just just say to an older person who's sitting next to you what was christmas like in your day you know did you have a father christmas did you have a christmas tree did you go and sing carols did you take mince pies to the neighbours? <laughs> you know, and, and the, you know, they have really interesting stories to tell, especially to um, to the younger generation and even younger than that. I think also, you know, um, we should give a bit more publicity to fit, active and interesting oldies who are in the public eye. I mean, I, I, I've just thought that the, the most interesting person probably and the oldest is the Queen. But, hey, what about, you know, Judy Dench and Sir Richard Attenborough and Paul McCartney and Helen Mirren and Jane Fonda? You know, they're in the prime of their lives. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and a lot of older people feel the same. So that's the way I think we should be thinking of them, not in the old-fashioned way. Absolutely. Where can we go to find out more about this research? Well, um, you can go to the website uh, of... Stanner Stairlifts, all one word, stannerstairlifts.co.uk. And uh, you can check out all the details there. But uh, for now, I love you to speak to somebody who uh, I, I've grown up with seeing on TV over the years. And oh. yeah, still lots and lots to offer. And I'm looking forward to hearing more from you in the years to come. Thank you very much indeed. Have a good day. Dr. Miriam Stoppard, thanks again. Ta-ra for now. That's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us back with episode 492 next week. I'll see you then. Ta-ra for now. Goodbye from the milk bar. Goodbye from the milk bar Goodbye from the milk bar Goodbye from the milk bar yeah. Goodbye from the milk bar yeah.